I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Suns Weekend Football Podcast in association with William Hill. I'm Roger Hanna. I'm joined today by my colleague Colin Duncan, Stephen Orr from William Hill, and we're all in a bit of a rush before Jim Trainer appears and kicks us out. Now... One guy we're not sure of whether he's going to leave of his own volition or not is the Scotland manager Gordon Strachan. A dismal 3-0 defeat to Slovakia and Tarnava on Tuesday night off the back of an equally dismal one all home draw with Lithuania at Hamden on Saturday. Colin, you were at the first of those two games. How bad a week has it been for Scotland and for Strachan in particular? Well, it's been a desperate week for, for Scotland and it's not been a too clever one for the manager either. You know, it's just another seems to be another false dawn, Roger. You know, we, we build up hope that this is going to be the campaign where we finally get over the over the line. But and the evidence of the the qualifying matches so far, I, I just don't see that happening. You know, they were desperately, desperately poor against a bang average Lithuania outfit. Just didn't create. Were very lethargic. You know, it's just there was just no inspiration there at all. Um, very, very similar story in Slovakia where they just they're not at the races. But I mean. Should we really be surprised? I mean, when was the last time Scotland actually played well under Gordon Strachan? I mean, do you have to go back to the to the Irish game at Parkhead when the, you know when there was a rousing performance there? You know, it's this has just not happened. You know, we shouldn't be surprised. You know, we've been poor for for the best part of two years now. You know, Colin, I like a bit of positivity. I'm not, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, but I think Stephen's about to give his odds a wee bit negative towards Scotland's chances of reaching Russia. But have the odds for his getting there, Stephen? Um, well, we've priced him up to get to the World Cup in 2018 at 8-1, but I suppose probably more pertinent here than the, the flip side of your, your glass would be not to qualify. We've got them at odds on at 1-25, to which is extremely short. But in saying that, you know, to win Group F, we've got England obviously the favourites at 1-7, and Scotland are actually the second favourites still with us at 7-1. It does tend to be doom and gloom, particularly off the back of that Tuesday night performance. It's Wembley next... Is this an England team that would strike terror into your heart, though, Colin? No, not at all. Anything but. You know, England seem to be in as much trouble as, as we are, you know, in, in the terms of the style of football that they're trying to be. You know, get football stopped. You know, it's it just virtually unwatchable, some of the stuff that England have served up, you know, in, in recent months, recent years. You know, that, that that's the only saving grace. You know, that England are not miles and miles ahead of us. You know, they'll certainly get better personnel and and a vast more pool of players that they can can select from but you know as a team that the, there's just something badly badly lacking there so that gives Scotland hope when we go to Wembley next month but you know it's just we, we've got so little going for us it, it still is you know even the most optimistic Tartan Army foot soldier you know to try and think that we can go to actually Wembley and, and get a result and, and you know get us back in the, the mix to the qualifying. There was a first competitive Scotland start in Tarnava for, for Celtic left-back Kieran Tierney on Tuesday night. He's back to domestic duties this weekend with his club. They're at home to Motherwell. They always beat Motherwell. They always beat Motherwell by five or six or seven, Colin. That's the way it's been in recent seasons. You know, Celtic have been 
certainly under Brendan Rodgers, you know, they've been sweeping opposition aside with minimum of fuss. They came unstuck slightly in the Highlands when they drew 2-2 with Inverness recently, and that's only points they've dropped domestically um, so far this season, but... You know, at home, you know, they've been playing some swashbuckling football. They've, they've been easy on the eye, averaging almost four goals a game. You know, it's hard to see how Motherwell were going to stop the, the Celtic juggernaut at the weekend. Now, Stephen, I'm always I'm amazed by how many markets you do in games like this, Celtic against Motherwell. When I go into the, the Hill shop down the road and I'm standing behind Joey Barton in the queue, <laughs> I, I, I look at it and I, I think, you know, this plus one and plus two and plus three. Yeah. What kind of odds are you giving in Celtic to score a barrel load again? You know, they scored five in the League Cup against Motherwell. I think they hit seven in the last day of last season in the league at Celtic Park. Yep. What kind of odds do you give for the game on Saturday afternoon? Well, we've we've got Celtic priced up at one to eight on, obviously, to win. You know, as you say, you know, the last two games, five nothing and seven nothing. What you usually get with these wins is punters looking at the markets. You're talking about the handicap markets. You get Celtic minus two at 45, Celtic minus three at two to one, or one that's quite popular at the moment is four or more goals in the game and Celtic to win at 45 so you usually find the punters will rather than the 1-8 it's not very attractive so they'll, they'll, they'll start looking at these markets you like a flutter Colin is there value in those prices or the flip side of that is there any chance of Motherwell doing anything at Celtic Park in Zaragoza? no I'd be very very surprised well, the price that stood out to me Roger is Celtic minus 3 at 2-1 to one, given that they're scoring you know, at least four goals a game um, this season with Moussa Dembele playing out his skin scored again for the France under 21s Lee Griffiths if he gets on he's got a very a point to prove given that Gordon Strachan didn't see fit to start him in either game over the weekend Sinclair will be rested up after a good start to the season James Forrest who saw little action with Scotland you know is another guy who's playing out his skin at the moment so yeah minus three two to one looks a cracking price to you, me your interview column with the Celtic captain Scott Brown was in the paper yesterday he speaks about the four of them Dembele Sinclair Griffiths Forrest he says it's as dangerous a front line as he's known in his decade at Celtic Park. Would you would you agree with him? Yeah, well, yeah, most certainly. I Meaning he, he says he's been there for a long, long time and, and played with a lot of very good players. The fact that you know that he says this is the the, the best front line that he's he's been involved with, you know, does speak volumes. Uh, but I mean, you see, they've got goals from all over the pitch and from every angle. You know, right side, left side, through the middle. It's 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 hard. You know, you can cut off the supply line to one of those players, but trying to cut off supply line to all three or four sometimes when Brendan pushes more guys up top it's very very difficult and in that interview as well Colin he was asked about Kenny Dalglish's comments last week that just give the title trophy to Celtic right now because effectively they won it Scott Brown said rather cheekily I think he expected a challenge still to come from Aberdeen and Hearts if Aberdeen are going to do anything they have to win games like Ross County at home this Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Aberdeen were, were slow into straight this season. I think, you know, a lot of people expected them to be Celtic's main challengers again this season. You know, they've chased them home in each of their last two campaigns. But, you know, they, they actually did well, you know, in the European games at the start of the season bef before going out. And then it, that seemed to have an effect, take a toll on them. They just kind of slip back into their shelf. And it's taken Derek and his players a couple of weeks to get going but they seem back into full stride you know the the good win at Dundee albeit last minute but you know they had a win against Rangers when they didn't play particularly well which is always a good sign of a team so I think they'll start to you'll see the best of Aberdeen from, from here on in but yeah I would, I would expect them to win as well at the weekend I, I saw them win 4-0 at Kilmarnock hugely impressive one of their better performances of the season are they priced up as the, as the closest challengers to, to Celtic are, I mean are you following Kenny Dalglish Stephen are you just closing the book on Celtic we're not closing the book as such but yeah de definitely the, I mean the odds are 
the Celtic away awards on to win the title. We've actually that was supposed to show you how what we're thinking ourselves that they're actually seven to one to remain un, undefeated in for, the league. for the whole league season. For the whole league season. So I suppose that's sort of telling you what we feel like that you know, Usually be a lot, a lot bigger than that for a team to remain unbeaten. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport. Hearts too, if they're going to back off what Scott Brown's saying about them, if they're going to press and you know keep the title challenge going longer than they did last season, they're at home again this weekend at home to Dundee Colin. That's the kind of game they should be winning. Yeah, they're good, they're a solid side at home, although I mean I do think that Scott Brown's tongue was, was lodged firmly in his, his cheek when he failed to mention Rangers as, as possible title challengers, you know, he, he cheekily do say it would be Aberdeen and, and, and Hearts, only time will, will tell if he's going to be proved right, but I, I think Hearts, they just seem to lack a wee bit of consistency on the road, that's your, your worry for, for Hearts, that have been able to maintain a challenge throughout the course of a season, but at home certainly, they don't lose many. Dundee struggling a bit this season, you know, just things haven't gone quite right for Paul Hartley. You know, it sounds very predictable to say, but yeah, you would expect another home in there for that one. Just when you said about Dundee struggling, Neil Earl, Dundee United supporting producer, big grin in his face there. <laughs> Always forgetting <laughs> where his team are this season, Colin. But going back there, as we're touching Kieran Tierney playing for Scotland, the only other Premiership player who started for Scotland in Tarnava was Callum Patterson. He started all three of the Group F games for Scotland in this campaign, but after two disappointing results, disappointing performances like the Scotland team had. How, how does he return to Hearts? Is he a low ebb when he goes back to his club after a week like he's had? Yeah, I'm sure, I mean, as somebody who's, you know, relatively new to the Scotland setup, you know, he hasn't been part of, of previous failures, so to speak. So, I mean, this is, is a bit of a new experience. I'm sure it'll be a humbling one, you know, it's not what he'd expect, you know, get into these two games. We're, we're hoping to take at least four points minimum come back out with one so it's, it's, it's going to be a test of, of his character to, to see how he reacts at the weekend for Hearts and you know with the Hearts squad one of the guys who has stood out is a guy who plays next to Patterson this season John Souter he's looking in his best runner form he was in and out the United team before he moved to Hearts he's finally getting a run this season is he one you can see following Patterson Connor into a Scotland squad in the future. Well, there's, there's been a few calls for, for John to, to be you know promoted and fast tracked into the to the Scotland setup just now. You know very similar to you know the way John Stone was a couple of years ago in the England team. I'm not com- comparing that uh, John Suter is anywhere near as good a player as, as John Stones, but given our lack quality central defenders in Scotland at the moment, then then it would make sense to. to to get him to be part of the squad, to get in around the squad, to show what it entails. This is what he's what he's need because you know you looking out there, I don't see very many central defenders that, that could get into Gordon Strachan's team, and I think that is the, the weakest part of his his squad. We all due respect to, to Grant Hanley, who's not playing any football. Russell Martin's been in out the team. You know Gordon Greer, he's struggling a struggling Blackburn team. We, there's just not a lot of top quality central defenders out there. Stephen, I'm sure even Hills didn't offer a price on John Souter and John Stone's been mentioned in the same sense at any time <laughs> this season. But no. looking at looking at Saturday's games, do you give Ross County or Dundee any hope of, of shocking Aberdeen and Hearts? Not really, in terms of the odds, especially the Hearts. I mean, I actually think looking at the Cooping and, and, and the Scottish football on Saturday, I think the Hearts' price is, is probably a standard for me. 1 2 at home, consider Dundee have no wins since the first game of the season you know, seven games in a row I think they've lost four and drawn three so 
you know, for me, one of your two hearts is a, is a great price. And Aberdeen are, are a very similar price, 11 to 20, and the two away teams, Ross County 5 to 1, and Dundee 11 to 2. So we've priced the two away matches up pretty similar in terms of the favourite and the, the away team. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. <laughs> The other Saturday afternoon games, again, you would think heavy favourites at home, St Johnson against a Kilmarnock team struggling now. Yeah, yeah, that's the same. It's, funnily enough, it's exactly the same price as, as the Hearts Dundee games. 1 to 2 St Johnston and 11 to 2 Kilmarnock and 16 to 5 the draw. So, again, yeah, we, we see, a, we see a, a home victory there. Colin, you've been doing it Kilmarnock this week. They're in a wee bit of a. A ditch, to say the least, 10 goals conceded in the last two Premiership games, 6 at Celtic Park, 4 at home to Aberdeen in that game I mentioned earlier. What's the mood like down there and, and how's Lee Clark bearing up? I mean, I mean the manager was on enough, honest enough to say that you know that those two heavy, heavy reverses have set his, his side backwards. You know, He said that confidence has taken a real hammering on the back of two results, which it would. It's probably a good thing that they had the break, you know, the international break when it, when it came, a time to regroup, reassess. We've also got Miles Addison back, who was who's was out for for six weeks with an ankle injury there. So he, you know, he's a a, a big presence at the heart of their defence. So he'll come back into the team this week. But on the flip side of that, they lost Greg Kelty for the rest of the season. He underwent a hamstring operation in in London at the start of the week. You know, he's arguably been Kelly's best player. You know, he's been their most productive player, their most creative player. Now they're going to be without him. So. You know things. That th- I mean, I think everybody expected Kilmarnock to struggle, given I think you signed something like seventeen new players. I mean, yeah. not just an entire team, an entire squad. So it was obviously going to take time for these guys to bed in and for Kilmarnock to to gel. But you know, it's not so much the defeats; it's the manner of the defeats. You know, they just seem to get themselves back on track. They had a good draw with Rangers, went up to Dundee and drew well and competed well. You know, they seem to have tightened up, and then it just it was back to square one against Aberdeen, who put four past them, and, and Celtic, who put six past them so I mean they've been languishing down that bottom back of the table for two or three years now things don't seem to be getting any better at, at rugby park I mean, and it could be another long hard season for Lee Clark with those injuries to Greg Kelty and also Dean Hawkshaw I yeah. think Lee Clark's squad's down to about 37 now you know <laughs> but uh, you know, Chris Boyd I've spoken to Chris Boyd he has a column every Sunday as you know in the sun on Sunday he rates Greg Kelty as highly as any young player coming through in Scotland you saw his creativity Colin we were down covering the, the Rangers draw down there on a Friday night a few weeks ago when Kelty created the goal for Boyd as you say that creativity it would be missed in any team we touched on Dundee they're missing the creativity of Greg Stewart who's gone on to Birmingham K- Kelly will miss Kelty badly yeah definitely he's also got pace it's a pace and that ability run it, to, you know, to run it opposition players with the ball at his feet you don't, there's not many players around like him you know they're kind of, he's a dying breed you know that the fact he's prepared to get the ball, be brave on it, commit players, take players on, and to create space for for likes of Boyd and Koulibaly. I mean, I don't think they're actually struggling when it comes to scoring goals. I think Boyd's got three or four, Koulibaly's got three or four. They're amongst the top scorers. You know, when you look at the the, the goal scoring list, you know they're both in the, the top five or six when it comes to scoring goals. It's just at the other end, they just seem to be very very weak. You know, in that defensive midfield area and defensively, you know, I don't think the the manager knows his best permutations at the back, and I think that's leading to loads of confusion between them and the goalkeeper, and that's why they're shipping so many goals. But yeah, they, they, they will miss Kilty badly, and, and as as Lee Clark said earlier this week, I mean, he is on the lookout for a for a light for like replacement if he can pick up you know somebody in the free agent market if, that, if that's going to be possible we're more about killing seeing how poor they've been they've lost all these goals in the last couple of games they're still above Partick Thistle who are bottom of the league toiling since they beat Inverness in the opening day of the season 
they're at home to Hamilton. Stephen, how do you price this up? Because I know we're only in the middle of October, but this looks like a relegation six-pointer. Yeah, that's funnily enough. We've got, I mean, we've got party favourites here, quite strong favourites, eleven to ten, um, and Hamilton at thirteen to five. So although obviously they're rock bottom, party, you know, and there's only two points of difference. We we fancy party to to get a home victory here. And if we're going to get out of this little dip that they're in just now, calling a home game against Hamilton, surely that's tailor-made for Alan Archibald and his team. Yeah, it should be. I think one thing, and I mean, I, I quite like this, and I, and I think they will come good, you know, to, towards the end of the season. They had a very similar slow start last season, and I think that will stand them in, in good stead. You know, they, it was the ten games they went at the start of last season in the league they, they went with, without winning before. I think absolutely trouncing Dundee United, if my memory serves me correct. So, so they didn't panic. You know, there was no panic from the board, from the players, from the manager. They, you know, they, they, you know, they kept telling they were playing decent football and it would, it would come right, and it was. And I think it's a similar story this season. You know, it just hasn't quite clicked, but I, I think, you know, I think they will get it right on, on the park, and, and I don't expect them to be hovering down the bottom of the league right. for, for, for much longer. And I need to ask you, Colin, I'm wedged here between a bookie and Stephen, a punter and you. Patrick Thistle, with your tip for a dark horse for the top six? No wonder Mrs. <laughs> Hannah doesn't let me bet. <laughs> No, no, but we looked last season. I, mean, I think last season they, they, they didn't win any of their first ten, and they missed out in the top six by one point. So I think they're still firmly on course. I think you'll find. <laughs> Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. The Friday night game, the Premiership football starts again up in the Highlands, up in Inverness. Cali Thistle with Richie Foran, manager of the month, against a Rangers team who, who got a victory last time out against Partick. Um, they're beginning to come out of that post old firm gloom that we're in, Colin. You're going up to the Highlands. What do you think will happen? Well, I think you know, even looking further ahead to, to the to the semi final next week, it's a, it's a, I mean, every game's a must win for Rangers and Celtic. But I think if, if Mark Warburton needs a real confidence booster ahead of the semi final with, with Celtic on, on on Sunday week, you know, they, they, they need to go up to the Highlands and put on a performance and put on a show because they haven't done that yet this season. No, they haven't. They, even the games of one against um, Motherwell and, and the Thistle, you know, there was, you know, they're toiling. They're not putting teams away. They're dominating games with possession, playing some nice stuff. But there's no real finishing product, you know, in the final third. It's not going to be easy. Inverness have really picked up after a slow start. Um, the only team to take points off Celtic this season. I don't think Rangers can expect a warm welcome to get up there. So this is going to be a real test of Rangers' metal. You know, it's going to be a time to roll the roll the sleeves up and get really stuck in. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but you no know, Rangers. If, if they've got anything about them, you know, their battling qualities need to come to the fore in the in the Highlands and, and Friday night. And Stephen for Joey and others, what price are Rangers up there on Friday night? We've got Rangers at even money favourites, um, which might surprise a few people. But when the book first, when it first came out on the internet with this price, it was there were actually forty six of Rangers have drifted because we've seen some money for Inverness, and I, that's probably more to do with Inverness's form than Rangers's poor form. Because as you say, you know Rangers have got a, you know they got a victory last time out. You know if they start converting some of these chances, then you know you can see even money being a, being a, a good price, but. No, Inverness, as you say, you know, terrible start, but they're unbeaten in five, and in that period they've played three of the top four teams in the league as well. So that's even more impressive. Inverness have definitely picked up. So thirteen to five Inverness, five to two the draw, and even money Rangers. And since that old firm game, Colin, it looks as if Rangers have somehow tightened up at the back. It's, it's not just Jim Trainer they can deal with unwelcome <laughs> intruders around the place. No, I mean I think I mean. 
that, that, that's you know we're, we're talking about you know Kilmarnock and you know they've been, been weak at the back you know that's where Rangers biggest problems have been been this season you know that central defensive area you just haven't been able to, to, to get you know get the right partnership and seem to be caught out you know conceding silly goals conceding a lot of goals from, from set pieces so yeah, I mean, they were much, much better against this, so that gave them a wee bit of encouragement heading, heading up there. Because, I mean, Richie Foran's made no secret the fact that he's changed the, the style of, of Inverness's play. You know, under John Hughes, it was a very tick attack, you know, a lot of pass and, you know, build up very slow. But, you know, Foran said, you know, we need to change that. He likes getting the balls wide, he likes getting balls forward as quickly as possible. So they're going to come under threat, you know, they're going to come under an aerial bombardment. Rangers will need to be ready for it, you know, on, on Friday. Stephen Collin, thanks very much. I think we're all looking forward to our return to domestic football this weekend, but not as much as Gordon Strachan is looking forward to it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.